All right, what's up, everybody? This is Chris Baca. We're going to get back to part two of Charles and Jared in just a second, but I got a couple updates before we get rolling. One, Happy New Year's. It's 2016. Freaking fantastic. You guys have all made the back half of 2015 so phenomenal for us, and we can't thank you enough. Doing this podcast has just been one of the most fun things we've done all year, and we're going to continue to roll with it. So if you're tuning in, we love you. The second thing is there are two more days, that's today and tomorrow, to vote for the 2015 Spreggy Awards. And as most of you know, we were nominated for Notable Roaster. Super honored and humbled to be included in that cast of characters that's also nominated. So if you go to spreadge.com slash vote, cast your ballot. If you're wondering who else to vote for, we did an entire episode on who we would vote for when we voted for the Spreadgies. So you can go back and check that out. So yeah, spreadge.com slash vote or go to catandcloud.com. We got a banner that links to the Spreadge page. And for everyone who takes the time out to go and vote, we thank you so much. This is just a really cool opportunity and we're stoked to see what happens. That's it, y'all. I'm going to kick you guys down to Chuck and JT for round two and I'll see you soon. Dude, I got a... I got the best Christmas card yesterday. It was uh, had a picture of Ludacris on it. <laughs> it was from uh, Mike Giotto and Caitlin, and it had it said, "Have a Luda Christmas." Oh, I was gonna say that. <laughs> That's Ludacris. <laughs> uh, welcome back. You are on the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast with Jared Truby, and I got my buddy El Guapo Deuce Deuce Chuck Jack here in the studio. <laughs> trying to pretend I'm Chris Baca. Yeah, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's brought to you by the Pull String Press, and we are broadcasting semi-live from beneath the Balboa building. And uh, I got Chuck Jack in the studio, and we're kind of in part two. Like I said before, we just finished up our Elixir uh, special collab for the holiday season here. We sold 200 of those bad boys going out here on Monday the 14th. Roasting here in Santa Barbara, California. Thank you, French Press and Castle Coffee Roasters. We're roasting on that geese in 15 kilo. What, what? Bringing out that Lemu coffee, sending out our Guatemala Benevante. And we spoke on the last episode how Charles, Chris, and I are going to go to Guatemala and actually go to the mill where that yep. coffee comes from. We're going to, Chris and I are going to make coffee for five days in Luis Pedro's Cafe in Antigua. It's going to get crazy. crazy. Um, and, anyways, we talked a little about Chuck Jack and a little bit about service. But, uh, Chuck, yeah, what else? What let's I jump back about? into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, I mean, we've been pretty busy lately. Sheesh. Just, you know, in the process, you know, opening this cafe, working right. through permitting, things like that. Yeah. Um, dude, I, w- I wanted to ask you just kind of going through, you know, kind of what we want the cafe to be. Mm-hmm. I was curious, kind of your idea of, you know, we talk about expanding coffee to like a new audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with new third wave stores kind of in, you know, as we kind of open up what we want our store to be, what, and can we like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> We're gonna edit this, Patrick. Patrick, whatever, <laughs> yeah. bro, or not? Who whatever. knows, Patrick? Charles, <laughs> we just play through here. <laughs> yeah. People are listening to you. Yeah, it's so, not a speech. It's okay. <laughs> so I guess like where I'm going with this is like as we kind of expand coffee to people, maybe they've like only ever been to Starbucks and this is their first time coming to like a more specialty shop. Yeah. What kinds of things do you think are important for for everybody out there who's like thinking about opening a shop or doing right. something different? How do you design your store to basically show that you're different, right? I mean, different someone than who's, Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Mm, different you know, than Starbucks. What What do you do? Is it like? Is it a menu? Are there like visual clues? You know, like 
somebody comes in and wants like a coffee with syrups yeah. and like a vinte right. half calf. And then we soy. don't have it really. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of what kinds of things can we do yeah. as shop owners to kind of frame expectations? Yeah. I think, I think one of the first things that comes to mind, um, besides the obvious, there's obvious things, right? There's like latte art, right? that you should do. Starbucks does not do latte art as of yet. I'm yeah. sure they will. I mean, in the in the Seattle special market, Laser Beam, yeah. you know, Ultimate Slayer <laughs> all Roastery. Copper. Yeah. All copper all the time. All copper, ripping pizzas, auto <laughs> roaster, <laughs> slow bar with Ann Nylander. Like, they got some latte art there. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, in their, stop, their shops, they don't have that. Um, you know, is it a cafe design? Are there I think, like the menu? I think design's less, less important. Yep. I think service is important. Some things, I mean, you mentioned syrups, right? And I think, I think we're going to have, um, unique, I think there's, I think there's unique a different syrups right? things, right? Well, like if, if you're homemade, totally, you, you make a couple well. like of, of drinks like that. I, I think that there needs to be the ability to kind of bridge the gap from, from like the Starbucks drink menu to your own in a non-threatening sort of way, right? right? Where you're not like handsome, like where there's no sugar. Jeez, or, no. Like, you know, totally. I mean, I mean, what do you think about that as well? I hate I mean, it. Like, there's definitely people out there who like. Yeah, there's a lot of people who still believe in shops, that. Like without sugar. Yeah, I like still that. deal with people all the time who are like, you know, tell people no, and I just. I don't know why. I'm still not a believer in that. And people will argue with me all the time. And I just think that if you have zero ability to do so, like for instance, if we don't offer a white mocha, but we still offer a mocha and we make it really great and we do our best that people will come back for it. Sure. That's a place where you can say no. I think that giving amazing service, serving coffee, I think just having the ability to have kind of the gateway drug, like something yeah. that we have and, uh, and, and we will do and somebody like Copa Vita does, right. Is like have the ability to have like a quick serve, darker roasted coffee. That's like ready to go yeah. for the people who truly don't give a shit. They don't. Yeah. There's and like for us to judge them. In the morning, they want their coffee. Dude, my bros on the point who like will be later on drinking a tall can of Coors and doing diggers <laughs> and watching the surf. Who Our core customers. Yeah, our core <laughs> customer group. But who are like really nice people who just yeah. don't care about coffee quality, yeah. but they like me and they like you yeah. and they want to support us, but they don't like light roasted coffee or whatever. Like the ability to have one of those and have it have you be proud of it. Yeah. You know, it's something I've said. Have it the, done well. Have yeah. it done well. I mean, that's that's like a small thing, but I've said this in the past. If you buy great coffee and you pay good money for it, who wins so far? The farmer, right? Yeah. And then if you roast it darker than maybe the third wave coffee nerds like it, but like the 50% of the population who love it, love it, and they come buy it, who's losing? Because I can't answer that question. Yeah. I can't answer that question with somebody losing. Maybe me and Charles Babinski aren't going to pick it as our first pick, but I don't really care if my mom and every single other person in my family thinks it's the best coffee they've ever had because so far that farmer got their coffee bought and we paid good money for it. And secondly, my mom and all my family love it, buy it and drink it and are very happy with it. So I have, I mean, they're I having, having a coffee, they're having a great coffee experience. Yeah. So I'm saying like, I don't, my agenda needs to be, open and it needs to it needs to be pointed but it needs to not not be like in a box though i thought one thing i was thinking about is we did that event at um in san francisco at the metro yeah we actually didn't have sugar did we 
We didn't have sugar. And nobody... Nobody even anything. asked. Yeah, that no. was, yeah, that was a, I was thinking about that the other day. We served four-ounce beverages, or yeah. basically Gibraltar-sized drinks yeah. for the world, if, if you know, or Cortado. So maybe, you know, maybe like some people are Cappuccino moving... Cappuccino size. Maybe people move that direction without yeah a push it was a foodie it was a foodie event yeah. in defense of that so yeah. i think that like most of the people who are there already are drinking you know half of them still were like phil's is the best coffee ever <laughs> and it's like for all those who love phil's it's fine but like it's not it's very dark roasted coffee most of the time yeah <laughs> it's i mean and it, they do the good things and people love him yeah but like Compared to what a lot of people are doing, that coffee is deep in the game. <laughs> it's super deep in the game. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, do people... And, but right? people love it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for all those people out there who are, like, unwilling, basically, to even explore those things, you might be missing out in in an opportunity to, to convert somebody to third-wave coffee or whatever we want to call specialty coffee. And really, at the end of the day, it needs to be a... I'm just, like, a big-picture guy, right? Yeah. It's like... At the end of the day, all the things that I love are important, but they're not as important as growing specialty coffee. Right. Right? So all those things can take a soft bump to the side or like take a back seat. They're still going to come along for the ride and they're still going to be agendas of mine, but they're not going to be agendas at the expense of losing somebody to specialty coffee who is just going to be like, screw you guys, I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if they believe in us and somebody came to the French press today, um, who had served Gina and Mike. Is that the guy walking from San Francisco? No. <laughs> yeah. He walked from Santa Cruz just to get <laughs> coffee from me in the French press here in Santa Barbara. No, but this guy, they're, they're like an older couple. They're great. And he told me today, which I'd never heard. He goes, you're the face of specialty co- my especially coffee introduction. Like okay. if I think of specialty coffee, I think of your face of because you're Jared the one Trubies. who, yeah, because you're the one who got me into it. And he said, the drink I drank before, you got me into specialty coffee was a caramel macchiato from Starbucks. Yep. And what did he order? His well, He orders a cappuccino right. now. Um, but he went from that to like a latte with our flavoring yep. to a latte by itself to a cappuccino with flavoring because yep. it was strong. And then now he just drinks cappuccino by himself. Yeah. No, and his that's wife, like same a perfect thing, right? example. Right. But like he never would have if I wasn't super cool to him. If I gave him, if I gave him any grief for saying, "Do you have a caramel macchiato?" If you laughed in his face. If I gave him any reason to feel dumb for saying that, yep. it's a total loss. Total loss. Or now I have super fan, who is a great person, who him and his wife drink specialty coffee, sometimes twice a day, <clears throat> and they say to all of their friends, "Go get coffee here, there, and the other." Yeah. When I told them today that we were coming back to Santa Cruz to open up our shop. His wife literally got goosebumps and showed me them. She goes, I have goosebumps. I can't wait for you guys to come <laughs> home. <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. And all that is, is coffee. But it is, it's a, it's a, it's a daily experience for it's people. It's a daily experience. You know? It's people don't realize that we went through a recession in California and people didn't have money. People were out of jobs People didn't get to take their families to this, that, and the other. But people still bought coffee. Coffee survived. It's like an affordable luxury. It's an affordable luxury. Right. It's expensive, sure, to pay 4 to $6 for a drink. But you're never going to pay that little for potentially like your five-star Michelin, whatever, your nice dinner out. Yeah, or if you're if nice you're anything out, anywhere. Like eating out, yeah. you know, you're still going to get your coffee. Even going to get a nice glass of wine or a beer or a cocktail is going to cost you sometimes twice as much as that for one drink. Yep. So for you, 
to be able to spend 20 bucks. Yeah, more Glenlivet gear. Keep talking. <laughs> You're getting pumped on stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just don't think people, people don't rem- like, don't think about that. Right. Like the world loves to do things for themselves so often. Like it's a hard place to be. And for you to be able to give somebody an amazing moment in their day for $6 and under and we go is back, important. And going back, just being like an engaging yeah. barista and having a, you know, that experience. There's not a lot of other places in people's day where you have that kind of you know, interaction. Like there's no other places I go where I have that kind of interaction with the no. person behind the counter. No. Like so. I'm not getting my like tires changed and I'm like, hey, tell me about <laughs> Tell me about where that your tires rotation. Came from. Yeah. Is that a lug nut? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Sick lug yeah, nut. Yeah, no, but I mean people feel I think you know, people feel a, a certain connection with like their daily shop or where they go get their coffee. And so Yeah. Um, you know, you have almost like an obligation to bring those people into the community and and have a connection there and and they become your regular in person you see every day and they yeah come to the shop to see you and have the interaction third place, and get right? the drink and yeah and have that third place where they're I mean like it or love it their friends. or love it or hate it <laughs> like it or love like it. it or love it like which it is what your options it. are if you come to Cat and Cloud but <laughs> yeah. love it or hate it anywhere else <laughs> you uh I mean you can't you can't hate on Starbucks like they're the re- they're a big part of the third place yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if we did see them start to open up more third wave style shops. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have to believe that's on the horizon with their like reserve totally. roastery and input from both. Yeah, I mean Starbucks. Yeah, and then Pete's with input from both Stumptown and oh man, and then Intelli, Green Mountain, and now Green Mountain. So we're gonna see these like cross pollinations all over the place, and I don't know how that'll work. We're gonna see Stumptown and Intelli in pods. So we, we will guaranteed guarantee it's so gonna be weird. so but i mean that just takes from their i don't know what it does it yeah, takes and I mean, adds to their market value depending on who you're speaking we'll with see. yeah i just wonder about like wholesale for both of those companies like does it go up does it go down does it stay the same yeah i've had interesting conversations with people just on i mean just wholesale in general lately like yeah. um i just think it's getting more difficult and of i think course. you know you see it with the blue bottle transaction and one of like the interesting things that like I noticed, but probably like, I don't know, not everybody notices like, um, there's like w- this, uh, Fidelity Investments has uh, an investment in Blue Bottle. Okay. And they recently published something where they like mark down the value of their investment in Blue Bottle by like almost 50%. Whoa. When Blue Bottle got rid of their wholesale oh, business. Cause they lost that much. Yeah. Because they, well, of course they're like, you know, not worth as much. Right. Yeah. yeah but that's, that. that's real. They're yeah. It's not worth as much. No, it's real. But I, and, I, and I think from Blue Bottle's decision, like you you see it in other businesses as well like wholesale is it's a difficult business i mean you see a lot of cafes going more to multi-roasting right right where of course a roaster's not you know always in that cafe all year round mm-hmm. and as more and more cafes want to offer you know a variety of different roasters mm-hmm. there's more roasters they want to offer a variety of roasters to their customers i think from a roaster's point of view you've seen the wholesale business get a lot more difficult yeah you know, you're kind of like a month in a month out a few months in, right. a few months out and yeah yeah we've, um, we've already seen sharing, that even sharing with cat and time cloud. yeah yeah we've seen it with mm-hmm. cat and cloud and um you know sharing time with other roasters and so i think it just puts all that more emphasis to me on the cafe experience mm-hmm. and and opening cafes and running cafe business well because that wholesale revenue and that wholesale business just becomes less uh, consistent yeah yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, you you rely less on it too, as well, yep. which you hopefully would want to do, you know, if you run a good business elsewhere. Yep. But I mean, it also like it leads me to the idea of 
the best wholesale accounts are the ones who want to work with you and identify with you and, and whether or not there's as many now, because a lot of them, um, maybe it's for cost effective reasons and know that they can buy green coffee and roast it themselves for a little bit cheaper, which I mean, I mean Hey, hey world, everybody knows it's a little cheaper. It's yeah. still harder. And it's a big capital investment. For yeah. A and it's a big capital investment up front. So that, that could be one reason, but it, on the other side, like most of, if not all of the good, the better, bigger wholesale accounts that we got at Verve didn't come from us selling. It came from us being in business. Yep providing exceptional service in a great environment and people coming in and being like, I I identify with with this. I want to portray this wherever I am. How can we make this happen? And ultimately that comes down to authenticity, I think, you know, and once you start losing authenticity in your people and brand, what, what ways do you think some people lose Authenticity? authenticity? I mean, a lot of the time people lose authenticity by looking at everybody else and not staying true to what they love and what gotcha. they believe in. I think that that's like a... Like chasing the latest. Yeah, chasing the latest or even just like, yeah, chasing the latest is, is the biggest thing to me. Also, I think they overextend themselves and try to be the best at everything instead of staying true to what they, what was working and is working. I think that there's a, a you know, it's smart to expand the vision at times. Yeah. You got to keep the values the same and like, and you can't, you can't change the focus too much. You yeah. Know? And I, I think of that in relation when you were talking about that, um, in food programs, exactly. cafes, there's a lot of discussion in industry now about yeah. what kind of food program cafes should be offering. Right. And especially, I mean, in the U S it's really been more bakery focused versus mm. Australia, like the UK right. where they've always had more food options. Yeah. I guess. Um, but it was just interesting to see, hit blue bottle again like the blue bottle tartine merger fell apart and a really interesting line in that article um was basically tartine's ceo saying you know uh like food infrastructure does not support coffee infrastructure and coffee infrastructure does not support food infrastructure and i i agree also i mean think about it we also in america don't have the culture that europe and australia has like our country, I love it, and it also sucks. <laughs> like, our country is so fast-moving, addicted, like, on social media. How much faster can I move? It's borderline impossible. I'm going to die, but I got to go faster. How could that support the ability to, like, have a slow-moving food program? Whereas in Italy, in these places, we're sitting down, actually sitting down. Yeah. Like, not just, like, having an hour lunch, but sitting down for an hour at lunch. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, you still get your travel time to and from work. Yeah. Like, that's acceptable. In Australia, it's acceptable. Like, that's life, you know? Like, people value time so much more than they do in the United States mm-hmm. that it's supported. But we all sit here and say, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have the best food program, but I don't have time to sit down and have food. So it's just, like, I... I get angry at this yeah, because no, I, I want I'm, I want it and I also want the culture. Right. But nobody supports the culture enough for it to actually work. Like yep. people love Paramount Coffee Project in, in LA. LA yeah. I want to go there and it possibly works. I feel like Yeah, I mean, I think you there's just There's enough really, people though in LA for that to be supported. Yeah, it's less just, about other things. You, you know? just really have to think about what kind of business you're running because at a certain point when your food program turns from 
baked goods to more of a full meal Can setting, like plating. your business model changes majorly, and your labor model changes, and majorly. your cost of goods and your margins change. Everything changes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. It's it's a different it's business a different model business. from like the standard specialty coffee shop business model, which works. You it know, works. and there is a like a very like tried and true model there. And you know, I think you've seen. I think you know we've seen companies experiment with larger food programs and have seen it not work in the u.s and who's using who is crushing it and actually busy and big and doing a true food program where it's like well i mean what about like go get them plate and hot food they are arguably doing it at two stores yeah and i mean it'd be interesting to i mean we don't know if they're like making any money doing it that's the thing i mean are they they're, they're probably making some money yeah are they as busy as they are famous. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just a good conversation to really have and think about before you dive into doing something like that. Because I agree with you. It is. I mean, it's more labor. It's in managing kind of the whole food side of the business. And yeah. I mean, that's my thing with coffee it's in a lower general. margin. The food side's a lower margin. The coffee side. So you just. I was running the other day thinking about this and I was like, I like the idea of all these things. Right. I mean, I'd love the idea of like going to a cafe and getting like a... Because we love food as it turns avocado out. avocado toast. Weird, or, right? You know, something yeah. like that. And some of those things I think you could you could probably, um, you know, achieve with pretty quick speed of service yep. and like fairly low labor. And I think there's ways to do a soft version of the, some of these things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear from people if people are listening and they think yeah. they're like killing it in the food game. Like... I'd like to see them say they're killing it, but also back it up with numbers and ticket counts if they were willing. Because there's a difference between saying you're killing it because your quality is good and actually delivering on your cost of goods and ticket count on the day. And your P&L. Yeah, and your P&L. Because at the end of the day, the numbers aren't going to lie. And I could still love everything you do. And you could still be going out of business, which is very scary and that (laughs) i mean that's not cool that's not good for any of us but what i was thinking when i was running is i was like are we and maybe it was this millennial article i wrote how everybody has to like be an individual on this next level but are we trying to force things to happen and just like deliberately be different and like trying so hard to stand out that we're actually maybe selling ourselves short you know instead of just like executing Right. And being happy that you're doing a great job yeah. with your coffee service. Like, are you so quality. worried, right, that you're not different or that you're not, you know, everybody wants to be special. It's just a fact. We all do. I want to be special. But at the end of the day, am I so worried about being special that I'm missing, like, all the opportunity right in front of me where I could be killing it without trying so hard to be whatever you to, think like, you need to be cool? like, stretch outside of... Kind of it's a lack of authenticity really at, thing again. Right? Yeah, and it's kind of where I'm saying people do this. They're like, totally. Instead yeah. of instead of just killing it and and continuing to make the community around you happy, which They're maybe you've done. Always stretching a bit to like maybe stretch. something that's out of your competency. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, mean, or I think it's a good conversation. I think changing everything. Something a lot of people think about if cafe owners and yeah, people that have cafes. So Roman Leal said something smart or we all talked about it. He was just like, yeah, I mean, we, I'm just really nice to people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I serve them the best coffee I can. And that's, you know, hey world, surprisingly at the, en- goes at the end a long of the way, day, right? that's, that's almost all people want. And yep. a lot of the times they want it faster than you're willing to give it to them. Yep. And you maybe have to be okay with that so that, yep. you know, 
ultimately long term, like I want to serve people in such a way where they trust me so that long term, maybe we can do sidebar things where we get crazy, but we're already trusted yeah, and we're able to actually influence, bend and change. But I don't need to do it first. Right. I don't need to introduce myself or reintroduce myself to specialty coffee with like whatever nitrogen, nitrogen infused <laughs> laser water. <laughs> We're going to have that at the cafe. Right? You guys ever heard that before? It's, it's already copyrighted. So nitrogen infused <laughs> yeah. laser water that comes straight out of the camel. <laughs> right, right, out of the, right out of the tap. Yeah, the tap. It's from the wall. <laughs> it's horizontal and vertical. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, you figure it out. Dude, Flash frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Next level. What, Charles? Happy birthday, Jenny Baca. <laughs> <laughs> it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. What do you want to talk about? Um, yeah, dude, the other thing I was kind of going to talk about on that on that note to where, you know, you're kind of talking about your guys' interview with Roman and that was really cool to see yeah. how he came out. Um you know, another thing that has been interesting in um, in kind of going back and listening through some of those old tamper tantrum, tantrum lives. Right. Um, you know, one of them, they're talking about kind of getting your message across to customers. And that really you should be able to describe kind of like what you do in like three words. So I want to I like put you on the spot and say like in three words, like what will... Cap- People, passion, have? perspective. <laughs> <laughs> set you up for that one it's in the hat uh right but thi- that people come through and i mean you want to give them just a quick idea of like what your business is about i mean when people have so many different things going on if it's food and coffee and this and that i mean ultimately coffee. like kind of your brand and what you're yeah you know what you're looking to do at your shop is like when you boil it down into a sentence or into like you know, three words, like what, what does it get boiled down to? Coffee, progression, and fun. Yeah. I was going to put fun in there as well. Yeah. They had empathy. Right? Well, that was like I mean, we were yeah. Talking about well, I felt like you can't, if you were talking to somebody who had no idea, coffee had to be in there. Yeah. And well, then fun like had to be in there. Knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's where I put progression. Yeah. So I was like, what's a good word for, because progression in my mind is like, okay, well that's, that's knowledge and education yeah. and that's, pushing the envelope and that's um that's authenticity for us because it reigns true it was basically one of those things where i'm like that's a word that encompasses a lot of things i want to say because exactly. re- i just said like six more things <laughs> you can sneak them in fun also does a lot of them and then coffee allows me to say a lot of things yeah too. and i think you can it's a lot more fun when you're doing things really well of course you know and i think that's going to be part of like what we're doing is really like focusing on quality and teaching and progression yeah. and Dude, when all that stuff's working and you're like jamming, yeah, it's super fun. Also, what we believe is the best. I don't really care what you believe is the best. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the only reason I'm saying that, not in like a dick way, but it's just like everybody's a critic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, sure, if zero people like what we're doing, then we're doing it wrong. But I already know that's not true. And I already know ours is different than yeah, other people. Yeah, I mean, and if you are getting good feedback for what you're doing, it's it's like go with it. Like believe in yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, I just really believe that if you can't take a stand for what you're doing, and if somebody like say Jeff Watts, who I love and appreciate, and is a great cupper, and I don't think he would say we picked 
bad quality coffee. But if he was just like, I don't like the way you guys roast this coffee, that should not matter to me if my customer base and myself and you and Chris love our coffee, right? right. And that's that's kind of where I'm going with that. It's, it's like... So Jeff Watts hates our coffee. Jeff Watts loves us <laughs> and our coffee and the City of Angels. <laughs> Shout out to Los Angeles. <laughs> no. But you know what I'm saying? Like people... I'm no, to the I point didn't. for the first time in my life in the last, you know, it's taken, it took a long time for me to get to this point where it's okay for me to have a disagreement with people both in our industry and that I, that I love and super respect based on what I want to put out or do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like that's, it's, I get to be the owner with you guys of my company and they get to be the owner or proprietor of whatever they're they're doing. Right. Exactly. And different things are good. Yeah. You you wouldn't want everybody out there doing the same thing. No, we spoke about that in many different episodes and that's awesome because that's what differentiates people. And that's what is the, it's the flavor and the spice of life. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if we tried to like copy Jeff Watts and buy every coffee Jeff Watts buys, we yeah. actually are just trying to be Jeff Watts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he I mean he has a great quote where he's like, I could tell you how I every he you tell you like you know, how I do everything and you still couldn't like replicate what I do. Yeah. You know? Because I'm me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's kind of what we're gonna bring. I like to- believe that down <laughs> to the barista. <laughs> yeah. I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I will tell you exactly how I make the coffee. And you will come in and do the same thing. I mean, you thing, can tell me exactly how you And it'll taste different. But it'll taste right, different. Right. This is the argument I for recipes you. and scales and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's the same thing with chefs. It's the same thing with baristas. The same thing with anybody producing something. Like, it's weird, but nobody makes it the exact same way. Right. No matter what anybody says. And you can put numbers on the thing and it'll look different it's so weird to me but it's also epic yeah and i mean it's part of the craft that you're creating and you're presenting to everyone and yeah i mean that's what makes kind of what kind of makes the experience that we're gonna have with our customers real yeah it really will and i can't wait to pick up a squad i can't wait to tell them what we're about i can't wait to like pour into them and i can't wait to also open a company that has the ability the ability, but also the drive and the need to like to pour back into their staff in unique ways. Yeah. In ways that I think are meaningful and not just like I not think just like not just sur- like well here's surface level. Yeah, and like everybody knows in the world, everybody's money talks, cool. But like typically in my mind, when company when you get to a place in a company where you're like, I'm unhappy unless I get more money. There's probably something else. There's something else going on, yeah. right? But I think a lot of places in the world, everybody speaks about how they're underpaid. And oh, this the classic line is underpaid and overworked, always busy. That's you know our what? motto. All this <laughs> stuff, all that means is that you're in the wrong place. Right, exactly. It means you don't believe in what they're doing or they're not communicating it well. Who knows which part of it it is? Or you're not as passionate about it yeah, as you, you think. Yeah, you don't believe in Whatever the, the case may be. Yeah, or they're, yeah. And a lot of times that's why I'm so passionate about visions and values is that if you don't know what you're trying to believe in, then you're going to probably get to that point where you're yeah. like, I need more money to be happy here because you don't know what you're doing. And you're and all, well, then I can pay for something that I love to do. Yeah, and you're not, you know, you're not a part of like the vision of where that yeah. company's going and what the leaders are doing there. Totally. But I mean, I think that just that happens a lot. And I don't, 
I'm very excited and I truly believe that there's many other ways to make people feel not only like a part of the family of the company, but like believed in, loved and and able to return and mutually respect and believe in the company in so many different ways than just like, here's another 50 bucks. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, that, at the end of the day, that's not going to really... It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, when, uh, to people, I mean, it's not going to like bring them back every day and <laughs> no. get them to like, you know, work super hard for what you're doing. No. And please, please make coffee good. Here's 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Can you please make it good? Like, Fuck you. Yeah, like, why would I make it good? Because 50 bucks! <laughs> I gave you 50 bucks. Make my espresso good. I don't give a shit. Thanks for the 50 bucks. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. First of all, we hired the wrong person. So second of all, that doesn't work, you guys. No, and I think that happens in like... I... It's basically prostitution. <laughs> but I think it's super important how you look at who you hire. And I can't wait to, to write out our interview process. <laughs> Be like hazing, like... <laughs> Can you handle Just the karate kidding. chop? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it is going to be like, it's how do you identify if someone is the right person for your company and the right person for your vision? And, um, you know, there's going to, they're going to be like working shifts alongside us, us and, and how it all gels. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, to find those people that you feel like they're just like a perfect fit. I'll tell you what, anybody who's listening and thinks they want to work with and or for us, if you're trying to work with us or for us, it's going to be the long play. <laughs> yeah, You're going to work with us for the long play and you're going to work with us because you believe in something and we can, we can interview and talk about what that thing is. I'm not going to give it away on the internet. You guys <laughs> think you're getting some gems. <laughs> Come on. But at the end of the day, you're going to work with us because you believe in something, not because you think coffee's cool. And I can guarantee you we're not going to hire anybody who wants to be in coffee because it'll make them feel or be cool. Because right. I'm not in coffee because it's cool. <laughs> I mean, at all, actually. I kind of hate the idea that coffee's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that are really poor in coffee, right? I mean, Check people, one and two. <laughs> yeah. Check two. Hashtag unemployment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... There's a lot of people who'd be working for like not a lot of money just because it's cool. Like that's chefs do it as well. That's why I have so many so much respect for chefs. They do the same thing. I watched mine of the chef the other night, and the guy was like, "He's all this all comes goes. You die with nothing." (laughs) He's all he wasn't in a mean way. uh, He was uh, feeling it. Edley. He was just like, "You you make all these amazing foods for people. You share them. You have all the experiences. Maybe you leave a few recipes behind, but at the end of the day, like." You don't have a lot of money. You love what you do and then you leave this life and that's it. And there's like a legacy there, but like that's that's your legacy is that you treated people well and you gave them amazing experiences and you made them feel good and eat food, eat good things. Yeah. But I mean, that's I, important. Think, I think there's something extra in coffee though and it's part there of like the community yes. that surrounds... Chefs a, are a little more introverted yeah. it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, there's a reason I'm behind not closed doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think the the coffee brings something extra to that. That you know, there is the craft that you're, you know, the expertise that you have and that you're working towards. There yeah. is the product you're and the service and the experience. But there's also the community of everybody right. in coffee. And that's since I've been involved in coffee, that's something that has really meant a lot to me. Like yeah. all the people I've met all over the country, around the world, and. Um, you know, the people that w- I'm looking forward to like, yeah. being involved with as we like start this business. Right. Well, and coffee is also something that people take 
drink use to like accomplish goals right you know like there's always goal there's goals and there's things and there's 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 meat and potatoes with coffee right like food high-end food is a luxury item and so is coffee but people drink coffee to get themselves to a place where they do the other things and just, in I mean, their it lives. puts you in like a creative spot. You, There's like a million different things, yeah. right? It's like, it's like high-end good wine. You get like your conversational artistic side. Sweet. Then the conversations, but that's like kind of its thing, right? You're not like yeah. going to crush an interview or, you know, coffee's like, it's just really complex depending on how the people apply it to their lives. Yeah. You know, you got the person who just gets it so that they can survive. You got the person who loves espresso and gets it and has like a community moment. You get the person who goes to get it before they ace their exam because they're going to be a doctor. You know, like coffee is there for people to do big things in their lives. And that's unique to coffee. Yeah. Yeah, you know? exactly. Maybe tea too, but like there's no preparation. There's no community typically around tea. And there tea might often, be, I think there is, but it's not the same. I think tea is often a quiet. Is there a USTC? <laughs> Sick oolong, bro. Is that a <laughs> Baojong or? Oh, no. I don't get an email from uh, someone really into the tea game. It's okay if you're into the tea game. It's very cool and way more established than coffee. <laughs> uh, and also more boring. No, it's not. It's not more boring. Scratch that. Scratch that. Reverse it. It is more boring to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Right. It's very complicated. And I actually do love, love, love tea. Shout out to, um, not serendipity, uh, Rishi for Rishi. the tasting that they did with us at Verve. It was yep. a very interesting and delicious tasting. And it did actually make me a very a huge tea believer. So, yep. I mean, props to them. And I I do love good tea. Not as much as coffee, though. Yeah. It's just my, it's not my calling. It's right. fine. Any other crazy things, Chuck, Mon- Chuck Montana? I don't know. We were just talking about how much we love the world and, and what we want to do in our coffee company, and we love roasting coffee. Yeah, I mean, another thing that's come up recently, I guess, with us moving the shop forward and everything, it's just, um, you know, kind of when I think about other people out there who are, like, moving towards opening shops, and, you know, one thing, I mean, the first thing everybody talks about is the location of where you are. Right. But even beyond that, um, you know, I was talking to a friend that just opened a shop in New York, and they you know, like their landlord had essentially kind of built out the building for them. That's and huge. they were just kind of waiting for somebody to come in and, and have and put the cafe in and right. run the cafe. And it's like being able to find a partner like that and to have a landlord who's a partner like that, you know, I think is huge when you're looking to start a business and having somebody in your corner who's there to support you because, yeah. um, you know, definitely experience at different companies and things like that where if you have a difficult landlord it's going to make every aspect of your business difficult yeah and if you have a landlord who's there like fighting for you and and you know working for you right it's going to make everything you do that much easier now and when you're ready to expand i mean you know if you if you can find a good landlord they're often looking they often have other buildings they're sometimes looking to develop other buildings and you know that's then like a ride you can look at taking together. So that's some good that's, insight. That's just and something I was thinking about today yeah. as we as we kind of go through our uh, bank process and and everything that we're doing to you know to get our shop open. Um, you know that's just something I'd pass along to other people who uh-huh. are out there like you know thinking about where their shop might be or um, you know as they talk to landlords and even um, 
Yeah, just really having someone who can advocate for you. Yeah. I mean, they spoke, um, one of the people in Barista were speaking about how it's not not so simple to get a loan um, and just to come in and be like, we want to start a business, give us money. And um, it hasn't been that simple, but fortunately it looks like, you know, Charles, Chris and I have got ourselves an SBA loan, which yep. is great. Uh, for all the, the people in the world who are wondering how this is going, we got an SBA loan, we got ourselves a building, um, kind of kind of a miracle quick, you know, rundown story. I called I called a guy who I knew in Santa Cruz who did uh, um, uh, residential real estate and he had happened to buy his first commercial building and was looking and no joke from from call day of call to lease sign was like two weeks. Yeah. It no, was, and he's he been was, great. He's, he's been, been great. Yeah. You know, big supporter of what mm-hmm. we're doing in the neighborhood. And, yeah. Um, you it's know, been it's crazy. It's just really important to find people like that who mm-hmm. are your partners in what you're doing. And you might not think, oh, I'll just send them like a rent check every month. Like it's not a totally. big deal. But it's actually really important, um, you know, to how to getting your loan, how your loan is structured, you know, all the way to other business opportunities mm-hmm. and how your build out goes and and, you know, what they're able to kick in for you guys. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of different aspects and it just makes a huge difference. Um, really working to find somebody who's like a fit for your business and who really wants you to be there mm-hmm. and is going to support you yeah. a- as you're kind of like going through all the kind of difficult, not super fun parts of like setting up and running the business. Jeez. Yeah. And, and there are plenty of difficult parts to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, no, definitely pitching to the bank and just the whole nine. I mean, the whole thing is, yep. it takes time and effort and We've been fairly fortunate. I mean, things we we have a contractor. We got some great architects. We have like a really solid team. Solid team. We have a yeah. really solid team that we trust and that we also we would fully hang out with these people outside of work. Yeah, That's the best awesome. part is that we found people that are similar to us, and it's going to all work out in this really exciting way. But the frustrating part is all the stuff does take longer it than takes you would time, expect. You know, and it's it's weird how much time it takes considering you just. You, some people would think it doesn't, and you do think, well, we just do this, this, and this, and this, and this. But you're, it's complicated. It's more complicated than yeah. that. And I mean, that's that even just is doubly to the effect of the landlord. Like, if you can find someone who has already built out a building, who's already got a lot of the permits. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna expedite how your process moves like exponentially like you're gonna you know you're gonna be in there much faster than if you're taking a building and you're gonna change its use and build it out and Mm -hmm. remodel it and you know it's it's just good to maybe take a little bit of time up front in the beginning i know you want to get there you want to like sign a lease and start you know start moving and doing construction and things like that but i i almost feel like it's worth it to do your homework a little bit more time look around the neighbor different neighborhoods Mm -hmm. do your homework and and try to find that like really good situation that's just going to make everything easier. Yeah, I mean, if you're about to invest in 10 to 15, 20 plus years of your life, <laughs> yeah. make you, make it count. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the other thing as well. I mean, talking to people about leases, I mean, you want, mm-hmm. you know, you want a 20-year lease. Yeah, you, you want know, you don't no less than 15. Want, yeah, you don't want five or 10 years in a spot where everything's going great and all of a sudden you've got a different landlord or yep. like, rent adjustments come and you're in san francisco and your rent just went up a hundred percent oh man can you and people probably aren't thinking about Uh, it like that at first so that's like um that's kind of like a teaser of some of the stuff charles and chris and i want to put out info and we want to share it with people and, and things like that like little insights and tips and tricks and 
tips and tricks. This is not uh, Magic the Gathering, <laughs> but you know, it might as well be. It's magic. Oh, You're magic. Oh, oh. Anyway, we want to help and we've got these ideas and and things like that. Yeah. 15, 15 years, no less. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's know? just all the things you learn as you get into the process and start. This is valuable information though, you know? Yeah. And start moving your business forward. It's just, you know, it's just good to look at all those kinds of things up front and, and just not wait until afterwards and wish that you'd have kind of talked to people and done it up front. Totally. I mean, there's so many details that it's easy to overlook something that you as a leasee could get in there, right? And you're like, well, I got this business plan. It's going to work great. And my business model is perfect. And I got all the P&L and da 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 And the cost of goods are dialed. And like, I'm doing great business. I signed my five-year lease. I'm crushing it. Oh, my rent just went up 100%. Actually, my cost of goods are off. My whole business plan is actually fucked. <laughs> and I just, you know, like my, my, fi- my five-year growth that I hit is now actually back to zero. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Or whatever. Back to 30%. You know, like that is disheartening information that could be avoided. And it's all just a learning experience. Yeah. Right. The, like as you get into it and talk to, you know, it's talking to other people that have done it before yeah. you and, and learning from them. And, um, you know, ultimately that's, what's going to make everything right. easier. Yeah. Well, Chuck, we got to get some bubble wrap because we got to wrap up this. We got <laughs> to wrap, wrap, wrap up two different things. We got to wrap up this episode <laughs> of the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, but we, we also got to wrap up two, 200, 200, 400, 400 bottles, bottles of elixir, elixir and a couple bags of coffee and send them out in these uh, yeah. dealios in the post on Monday, which is probably actually about a week and a half ago now. So <laughs> for all y'all are listening, um, fun stuff. We got we got some more coffees coming on. We have actually uh, in the near future some Alita coming back to the mix. We have a pretty amazing Honduras coffee yeah, yeah. from Pedro Moreno that has been from Benjamin. Yeah, from Benjamin Paz, and uh, it hit. Uh, it's been number five in the in the uh, cup of excellence in Honduras uh, back in the day, not too long ago. So we got the late harvest stuff, and it just landed, and it's tasting really, really good, and it's really exciting. It's the last pick of the harvest, the final de cosecha. Um, <laughs> So we got that. We have two amazing Colombians. We're almost out of Lemu from Ethiopia and we're almost, or Limu, and we're almost out of our uh, Guatemala Benavante where we're, we're going to go visit that farm in, uh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. In, or that mill in January. So, uh, besides that, those are our tasty coffees. We have two, two Colombias and we're going to get yeah, another we'll Ethiopian, have, we'll some Alita, like cool some menu, Hondos. Yeah. yeah. We got some fun stuff between now and when our cafe opens and, uh, man, I can't wait till that. Cause then, our espresso blend will we'll uh, yeah. just we'll just be able to really put together our menu. So yeah, much our espresso. We we lo- we did pull off our espresso blend at the Taste of the Bay for the first time, and I'm going to tell you right now, it turned out really really good, and we're very excited to serve it to you. We got a fun name. Things are coming together. Uh, other than that, hey everybody, it's about to be the holiday season. You're yep. coming up on if you do this thing Christmas. So Merry Christmas to y'all, and um, if not, Happy Holidays and all the others to you as well. And uh, this is Chris. Whoa. Whoa. You know, it's so weird. This is Chris Baca. I was literally thinking about how our podcast (laughs) said. That's so weird. He goes, this is Chris Baca. And I'm Jared Tribby. (laughs) What the hell just happened? We miss you, Chris. Inception. (laughs) Yeah, anyways, I'm Jared Truby. I ran the helm tonight. I'm Charles Jack. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I played point guard. So what you want to talk about? (laughs) Hey, if you guys have questions, keep emailing us. Info at catandcloud.com. And, uh... Yeah, you know, stay gold, pony boy. See you next time. Stay true, outspoken. 